You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rocking with, Joe? Who they rocking with? That's right. Remix it. Remix it. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. What up, and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commish, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. So Big Yuck, So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. Uh, right here, we got this guy uh, from around the way. Uh, known this guy his entire life. Um, we got Cesar Guerrero, a.k.a. CJ, a.k.a. Seize the Moment, a.k.a. Caesar Salad, a.k.a. Seize Se Puede, and a.k.a. Ninth grader, crazy handles, dog. What's good? What's good, Big Z? It's been been a long, long time. Yeah, dog. That last AKA, bro. Ninth grade, crazy handles. What you know about that, bro? What do you remember about that? That has to be one of the the starting points to everybody finally realizing that Mexicans can hoop, man. Yeah. But, uh, Lorenzo Mata started that right there. No, well, just like just the inspiration of seeing him play at UCLA and. Uh, my brother always blowing him up at, um, you know, at, at BG and always seeing him play at your leagues and stuff. It's like, man, that guy's at UCLA. He has scholarships from Texas Tech and everything. So, you know, I just kind of just wanted to, more more importantly, just pursue basketball because I wanted to get a scholarship and I wanted to be as big time as Lorenzo Mata, you know? Yeah, that's, that's sick because I just, I just had him on the pod earlier that, this week. But I think... Um, we also, I mean, I know you're you're saying like you you saw Lorenzo, but I remember seeing you as the little kid carrying a ball that's bigger than than you know about the size of you. So the ball was in your hand from little little, but that you're saying when you saw Lorenzo, someone from your neighborhood, and you're like, wow, he made it to UCLA. So that was like the thing that you felt like if he can do it, I can do it, or was that? Was that 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 was that mentality? I, I suggest. Yeah, that was the mentality. I mean, if he could do it, I, I feel like you know anybody from our race could do it, and I feel like that was a that was a big inspiration to me and a big focal point where my brother always harped on. Yeah. Hey, man, like you know, you got to do this, you got to do this, and that's where all the five a.m. started. Okay, tell me about that five a.m. The five a.m.s were brutal, man. Uh, my brother was a uh, my brother Joe, uh, he he worked at Huntington Park Water Department, and he had a in their garage. He had a they had like a little half court basketball court in there in the garage, and every morning 5 a.m. he he used to call it the dungeon. So we used to just be in there, and then uh, sometimes we'll take our workouts to the back of HP High School, really late at night at times, and man, uh, just. Those times are just constantly 5 a.m.s, and they just kind of just were, were just a thing and just helped me become the player that, that I turned out to be. Yeah, and I think um, your brother, you mentioned him early on in the pot. I was going to wait for a little bit, but yeah, your brother is a big influence in your basketball um, trajectory on, on how you became, you know, what you, you become. And I, I knew Joe from his days um, playing high school ball at Huntington Park. And he was at your age when you were in high school. When he was in high school, um, you know, he had, a, he had a knee injury. And that, that kind of stopped all the letters from coming. And me being from um, 
the Latino background and everything like that, you know, we get shorthanded. And as Latinos, we have to do that extra. And I know all those conversations that, that Joe would have is like, we have to be better than everybody on the court because I know that's how he played, you know? So, so I know he brought that to you, but at the end of the day, um, I, I had a conversation with him and he told me that his big, you know, you had, you, you've been playing, uh, you played at Oklahoma, you played at St. John Bosco, you played in the Adidas um, international tournaments, you played in, you know, all the all-star games, you have over a million views on Ball is Life as a ninth grader, and his biggest accomplishment was seeing you walk across the stage at Fresno State, and, and for him, and I know that hug, that conversation after you got diploma was probably a lot different than any other conversation that you guys had. Oh, definitely. That was, uh, I, man, not too many people know about that conversation I had with my brother about him, his proudest moments. And, uh, you know, from the YouTube videos to everything, you know, I, I was always trying to impress him and always trying to do more to, to you know, have him smile. But that was, he, that guy never broke a smile for me every time I played basketball. He was always in his own little corner always watching me and he never said a word to me he never criticized my game never never told me what I had to do he just let me progress you know he let the coaches do their work and he'd butt in every so often but for the most part he he was just like man the the most proudest moment was was really just watching you cross that stage because uh one of the biggest quotes he's always told me since I was very little uh he, he's always he's He's told me, my nephew Joey, and uh, he's now telling his son, um, uh, little, my little nephew Jay, we can't have you in this world without an education because that's one thing they can never take away from you is education, your mind, and, and your ability to, to use your mind to, you know, get whatever type of job you want to get, you know, because, hey, that degree, that degree's worth a lot of money to, to, to a lot of people. For sure, and I think that's... Um that's how we grow as, as Latinos and, and Latino ballers. And I get, you know, I, I've gotten messages from you, like, you know, when you were still in school and you're like, Zia, I'm ready to go. Like, I want to go play. And I, I'll get messages from other, I'll get messages from other players like, yo, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, bro, you're a junior. You still got another year. Call me after you graduate. And we're, you know, I'll help you where I can. You know, I, I, I didn't have a lot of connects, but, but at the same time, I was like, I knew, same as your brother knew, that having that degree as a Latino is way bigger than, than a lot of the other things. Obviously, we're still chasing that dream, and you're still chasing that dream of, of the hoop dreams, but, but now you have that in your back pocket, and I think you're continuing to grow as an individual. You know, I just saw last week, you know, you got your um, coding certificate, which is, which is sick, you know? What, what's... What was that? Was that during the um, something that you decided to do as a during the quarantine, or you, were you already working on that? Well, I've been uh, I've been slowly but surely working on um, working on some things just to you know work on my work on my skills outside of basketball. And uh, since I've made the move up here to to the Bay Area, staying over here in in, uh, in Oakland, um, 
you know, you get, it is a very techie city, you know, the mm-hmm. Bay Area, you got Google, you got Apple, and and uh, you see, you, you just see the, the environment they're in, and uh, luckily for my wife, uh, she works at Apple, and man, it, it's just the, the whole environment they're in, it, it seems like very, it seems like a, an environment I want to be in, so I just told myself, hey, you know, just start, uh, just start working on, on little coding, get on some applications, get on, uh, do some stuff because one, you know, you're one severe injury away from the ball to stop bouncing. So I might as well prepare myself now while I can and, and, uh, use my ability and, and to, to further my knowledge as well to, to get ahead and, and hopefully become successful outside of basketball. Cause, uh, after the whole Kobe situation happened, I've seen him be really successful in in children's stories and doing all that stuff. So I just kind of just took the mama mentality approach and was like, man, well, how can I be successful outside of basketball once this is just, you know, this ball stops bouncing? So kind of took that challenge and wanted to learn coding. And then it just so happens, you know, that I got my certificate, but still got a ways to go to learn a couple more languages and which is pretty fun. So that that's the most entertaining thing for me right now. That's good. That's good. Um, and, and you you touched on the Mamba mentality, um, and I know we've all been touched by it. And you know, in high school, um, maybe you can touch on that. You know, you what you started off at St. John Bosco, you transferred to Workman, and then you ended up back at Bosco for your senior year. I want to say that your senior year, your mentality was like laser focus. Um, tell me what your mission was your senior year at, at Bosco, because I'm, I'm thinking you might have used the Mamba mentality or what what type of mentality or what was your mission? What did you want to accomplish your senior year at Bosco? Well, uh, my junior year, I, uh, I committed to the University of Western Kentucky, but... Um, I just, there was just one night where I just kind of just told myself, like, I, man, I think I could do way better than, you know, West Kentucky, but no knock to them, you know, they were a great university. I appreciate Coach McDonald, you know, and all the recruiting that he did, but I told myself, I know I could play high D1, and uh, I know I could, I could, you know, get high scholarship offers, and until that time, I was, I was receiving a lot of letters from a lot of interest from a lot of big schools, but nobody really offered only mid-major schools were, were really offering at the time mm-hmm. so i kind of just i remember i was in the parking lot of st john bosco high school going um going into the going into my senior year and i told my brother hey i'm gonna decommit and he was just like man don't be doing this right now this is not the time and I just told him it's like you know what I'm gonna call him right now I'm gonna decommit and it just so happened that I just did it and it put some pressure on me and uh I just told myself you know I I can't do I, I can't go off it and do all these things and and to credit man uh all of Sinielo all of the people in the, in the Latino basketball community but Sinielo were really there for me at that time and I really leaned on them um, from Coach Mario from MP Mario Perez uh, 5 a.m. workouts with him from from Chino Chinobli uh, 
picking me up after school instead of taking the train back home to, you know, getting rides in the morning and, and just them taking care of me so I could just steer, steer away from trouble and stuff. And it was it, it was such a such like a beautiful moment because I like those. They let me lean on them and, and my brother helped me out as well. And it was just like I just had to be focused. So it, it was just constant 5 a.m. And I just told myself, these guys can't guard me. And I just had to go kill them. I, I had to. And I had to show everybody that I was a force to be reckoned with and that I could drop 40 on anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and you did. I mean, uh, I mean, we, we have the video proof. And, and, and you know, uh, that's the, the Caesar salad, you know, because we shake them up. And, yeah. and for sure, I think, um, you know, you touch on Sin Miedo and you touch on on the whole thing and and there's that thing you know it takes a village to raise a child and for sure i think uh 100 there's there's uh there's a bunch of people out there that that have the 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 caesar guerrero uh i i you know i drove him you know he stood on my house you know every time i you know he's such oh, a good man, I, he's I, such I, a I good i still remember i still remember that time man where uh i was preparing for my sats and uh, man, I, I, I remember uh, you guys were making fun of my test score at the time, and uh, you got you you got all the points from just writing down your name. And uh, man, that was one of the most classic lines I've ever heard. You guys pissed me off that day. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> but it's I mean it's all I mean you're you're see miedo. That's all they do. They 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 yeah. It's all, all love. It's, it's all all love. all love, and I think. I think I remember those days of, you know, I, I drove you to SC one time. Joe was like, hey, bro, my brother needs a ride. He's got to go. Let's go. Like everyone, yeah. like Chino Chino stepped up and all these other guys stepped up. And, and I think, you know, I, I talked to Joe just uh, yesterday from Tierra del Sol. And he goes, oh, I remember, you know, Caesar stood at my house right. because of the tournament. And yeah, I he, remember that too. And, and he was telling me. I appreciate him for staying at my house because he was talking to my son and his son ended up becoming one of the top, you know, uh, players in his high school division um, in, Arizona. in Arizona. So, so, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's always giving back. And I think that's one of the things that, that I learned as, as a hooper um, in the Latino circuit, you know, people would take care of me and I'd be like, Hey bro, I don't have no feria or I don't, you know, like I, I how can I pay you back? And they're like, bro, look, when you can and you're older, then you give back to someone else. And I think that's the mentality of the Latino ballers. That's why we do it. I think that's the, 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 the mentality of like sin miedo. You know, they'll hate, but it's the same amount of hate is the same amount of love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and, I, and I think that's, those are the things that you're starting to do. And you're, and you're seeing those things with, you know, it becomes natural. You know, you start telling, talking to Joe's son and stuff like that. So, so it's good to see that. It's good that, that, that a lot of these, um, these situations um, are, are being passed down. And I know you attend those, those Ball is Life uh, events. And one of the kids that I saw a picture with you the other day, and I'm actually going to meet with him uh, later on during the week, is like Isa Silva and, and those Latino kids. What do you... Do you do they know you? Do they do you know them? Um, you know how, like you guys. You know, obviously we know who the Latino kids are. So, do you do, is there a special love for them when you when you see them? Oh, every time. I mean, I'm, I'm 
I, I, I try to root for them 100%, man, because we need more Latinos out here to represent us, even though there's there's plenty of, of there's so many good hoopers out here right now. But I, I try to I try to contact them and within Instagram and, and within the means of social media. Um, but that guy, Issa Silva, is, is an up-and-coming hooper who I think has a very bright future ahead of him, as well as Oscar Lopez. You got Jorge Ochoa, and then you got uh, several different several different hoopers that are, are in the international world as well that, that are coming up. But those uh, those hoopers right there, you got another one in Josh Vasquez who went to Bishop Montgomery and is playing in Montana University, and he's he's another he's another great hooper. But it, it's always good to support to support your own race and support the Latinos out, out there trying to make a name for themselves because, you know, there, there's very little of them, especially in, in this basketball world. So however we can support them and, and however I can support them and, and any uh, any advice they need from me, I mean, I'm, I'm always uh, willing to give them my little two cents of, of how the basketball world is or what they need to know. Yeah, and um, like as far as your basketball world, um, was your first pro opportunity in Tijuana? Was that was that your first pro, um, like in the Ciba Copa? I think you were you were you were, or, or was there was there somewhere else that you started off? Well, um, uh, the the first place where, I mean, man, I, I don't know. I remember there was a meeting uh, I had when I was really really young where they tried to take me to Mexico. I think out of high school. And uh, my brother, my brother wasn't having that. He said, "Nope, he ain't, he ain't leaving." So uh, uh, I, I'm actually blessed that you know that didn't happen, and I got to experience my high school. But um, I think, I mean, besides that, my first my first stint of being a professional was Fuerza Regia, Fuerza. and uh, Fuerza Regia with Monterrey, and that team was stacked. That team had a lot of veterans had former ACB MVPs, they got Puerto Rico MVPs, we had a, we had an NBA player that's playing with the Golden State Warriors right now with, you know, Juan Toscano, he's doing great, and, uh, you know, it, it was just an experience of, of being a first-time pro, and little did I know, you gotta learn how to become a pro, that's one of the biggest adjustments that you gotta adjust to from going to college to being a pro, which is which is pretty big, man. It's a really big adjustment. Yeah, and that was the that was actually the follow up question I was gonna have, like what you learned from that, and and it does take some time for you to be a pro. I think sometimes you know people look at you know oh I I, I want to play in Europe or I want to play in the league, and then you go to like Mexico and Monterrey Fuerza Regia, and you're like oh pff, I'm about to kill, you know, and maybe not you, but I'm saying I've I've seen it when I've coached. And I'm like, bro, you're not ready, you know, and, you know, you might not be ready. But I think I know you were ready, but it's just playing behind these these guys that are eight, ten year vets that have been there and and learning from them and being like, okay, this is what it takes for me to play pro for more than, you know, a season, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even I mean, just just learning how to how to go through the whole entire motion of having three a days or you know doing conditioning and how to prepare yourself mentally and and how to like practices are very tough out there man and, and 
people might think Mexico is just all oh, la di da. Yeah, just come here and I'm a kill or whatever the case may be. I, I mean, but that's not it, man. These people got to feed their families and these people really got to go out there and make a living for, for their family. Just like everybody. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's the different approach that you got to have. And it's like, look, man, I'm, if I'm over here trying to take food away from their, their, their kids' mouth, it's like, they, they ain't going to let me, they're going to do whatever they got to do to not let me get to that point where I take away food from their kids' mouth, which that's not nobody's intention, but I think that at the end of the day, I mean, that's how people look at it. And that's just the grind, you know, and, and the mentality of having to play for a coach that, you know, probably doesn't speak your lingo or you don't understand in Spanish or the language barriers that come with it and just preparing your body because, hey, you're on your own now, man. There ain't no set lunch lunch time where you got to go eat lunch. Like, no, like whatever you put in your body is whatever is going to give give you, you know, and man, I, I'm... I'm lucky that I had some really cool vets that like helped me along the way to really, hey, put some put some grilled chicken, some rice and some beans in your body before instead of putting some tacos before a game, you know, or some hot dogs on the street, you know, like that was uh, that was one of the things that was really big for me. Yeah. And, and you have to be ready for that, especially in the Siwa Copa. Tell me about the, the Siwa Copa. Um, explain to me how how different a grind that is because it's four games a week and, and i know the the two games back to back the rest day or the travel day and then another two games back to back and you got to do that for three months and and on top of that you're trying to win as many games as possible and you did that with hermosillo tell me about the Copa and your season in hermosillo well that that season was uh was a was a whirlwind that was one of the one of the most mentally, like, you got to be mentally, you got so mentally prepared for what's coming because the games are very brutal. A lot of, a lot of bumping, a lot of like, you know, just a lot of physicality in those games. And you just got to really take care of your body. And luckily we had some really good training staff right there that, that helped us, you know, with massages or, you know the the usual they try to give you like some medicine to like get you going and stuff but it it that siva copa grind is a grind that you know that's very man i had to take a two-month break after that like a month month break after that because game after game you're trying to showcase your talent to everybody else you're trying to you know showcase so you could get another contract after that and luckily, I played for one of the best coaches I think I've, I've ever played for in Dan Cashin. And he was a really good X's and O's coach. And he was a really good coach in where he he really let you figure the game out. But he gave you subtle clues to, look, look at this or look at that. And, and pace of play and, and the camaraderie uh, amongst the players has to be very key to get to where we got to when we won the championship because you get fatigued games after game. I, this, I mean, in the Ciba Copa playoffs, we played back-to-back-to-back games in the playoffs. And the next day, we had to travel back to Hermosillo. We probably just had one day off and then just had to go back at it again. And it was 
it, it was something that that was mentally draining, physically draining. But you really gotta just keep a routine and keep yourself going. And once you get a routine down, where you're shooting before practice, you get your little conditioning afterwards. I mean, it, it, it kind of helps you for the long run. That's why being physically in shape and and really taking care of your body and putting the right things in your body. Um, man, I think within that season, I think I lost a good 15 pounds. Okay. It was just constant games, 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 and then the hot weather during the summer. It, it, it's no joke, man. And it took a lot of mental preparation and a lot of physical preparation as well. And I think Dan does a really good job. I I I've, I know him, um, and I met him at a couple camps, and uh, we've talked. But you know, I I know he he coached um, as an assistant in, in some some developmental uh, MBDL uh, G League and, yeah. and, and and NBA. So he knows the grind and he knows what it takes and how you know how's that been for you? How's the the grind of still chasing for that? You know, I know you were. We're out in Dallas, and, and you were at a workout um, for for the the Mavericks and and doing that stuff. And what's what's down the pipeline for you as far as like still chasing that? You know, maybe looking at a different country besides Mexico, stuff like that. Are those still opportunities, especially right now that there's the, such a big break? Um, you know, I know you're you're still you're still grinding i see you in your backyard and i mean i don't know is that is that hoop regulation and are you able to shoot threes from that or what <laughs> oh man the, I, I, the backyards uh i've kind of you know marked the lines in the concrete where the regulation sizes are for the free throw for the nba three-pointer and everything the only thing i have trouble with is if once a, when i'm shooting the three-pointers and it's a long rebound and it goes over to the neighbors I don't see that ball for like a good two days, and then you know it's the only thing that's trouble I have. That's funny, but, and it was cool because I saw the other day that um, your girl was rebounding for you. So you're, you know, what, what's cool is like you're like probably the all-time points in, in that basket, and she's probably the all-time uh, rebounds and, and assists for you. So so that's that's uh, definitely life goal, um, and that's something that 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 you guys have. You know, 2020 has been good for you. You know, you got married, you know, um, and you you got your certificate and all these things. But then we still got this other thing. Tell me about how how you're making that adjustment with um, the wifey and being a, a soon-to-be dad and all that stuff. How how is that dynamic changing? You know, as for the better for you and your life, and how is that keeping you focused? Well, I mean, luckily, I mean now I, I gotta. There's, there's more of a drive now to succeed in, uh, in all aspects of life now because now, you know, you got to su- support your little, you know, your little seed that you have growing uh, in, in my wife and everything. So that's more, I, I, I found more inspiration. I found more fire and more drive, therefore leading me to like, you know, really ask my wife at times and be like, hey, you know, what about if I go really pursue this G League thing again? And, you know, try to go play for the Capitanes of Mexico City or whatever team gives me an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I got uh, several tryout tryout opportunities with the South Bay Lakers um, that I took last year, and they're still interested at the moment. But you know, it just so ha- it just so happens. I mean, when things clear up, you just just got to make that decision and what's better, you know, chasing the dream or having something that's really locked down and really gonna 
you know, financially be more more appealing than, than chasing the dream, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, also looking into Europe and all that stuff, uh, you know, that, that kind of plays into in, in a role into, you know, hey, if I'm in Europe, that's a really long plane ride to, you know, go see your daughter or whatever the case may be if, if that ever happens. But, you know, it, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's an adjustment, but it, it's a, so much fire that's been been burning inside of me now that just keeps me keeps my drive going and keeps me going to to really go out there and, and still show everybody that hey I'm Cesar Guerrero and I'm somebody to be reckoned with you know and you got to seize the moment and for sure that that's the the ultimate tagline bro and I love that one and I think there's that there's always been that fire to prove you know I, I i've seen it and i've seen it with with the way you play and the and the oh what i'm not gonna be uh, invited to the mexican national team you know i know you don't say it but i could feel it i could feel it and and oh, you know definitely. and and i i i saw a list um quite some time ago and i was like oh well these people are getting invited i looked at the list and i was like first thing i did was i sent a message to horacio and i was like hey bro why is Caesar getting no love, dog? And he's like, ah, oh, you know, y'all have and you know, I'm telling him que es el rookie, que his his time will come, and this and that. Like, what's your take take on that? Like, I I know you played um, during the NBA All Star Weekend in LA, and you played um, on that uh, team there. But I know you want to play for for the the national team. I know that's that's one of that's like a checklist for you, I think. It, or is it a checklist for you still for you to play on that Mexican national team? Well, of course it is. Uh, it's always good to represent, uh, you know, represent represent the beautiful país of, of Mexico, you know? And uh, I think I've, I've really showcased my talent, you know, in, in the inter international stage with Liga de las Americas, you know, playing in Puerto Rico, playing against a big... Uh, uh, a big idol of mine and Carlos Arroyo and, and winning against him and playing against Puerto Rico teams and, and you know showcasing that I could play I mean I averaged 14 points in Liga de las Americas and we were one game away from going to Brazil you know with Libertadores de Querétaro you know which at the time in the LMVP season wasn't you know, doing as well but it's always it's always a showcase for me it's always mm -hmm. it's always a proving ground just to let everybody know that hey I could play and I'm talented and sometimes you feel really disrespected that you know you don't get the call and sometimes it might be over politics sometimes it might be because of your passport or whatever the case may be but I feel like I deserve a shot I feel like I know I could be in the team and I know I could I could make some make make a lot of noise actually and and let everybody know that I mean, if I were to make that jump and play with the Mexican national team, I know I could do a lot of damage and and help them win a lot of games. I know. I, I agree. Like I said, I, I saw that list and I was like, oh, I know I know CJ's hot, you know. And, oh, definitely. Yeah. Every time it comes out, it, it's, it's always a burning fire in me, man. And it, 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 always, it always makes me itch because my brother even texts me and he's like, man, What's up with these guys, man? Like, what did you do this time? It's like, I haven't done anything. I've just been putting in work and just trying to let everybody know that I deserve a chance. But, I mean, 
hopefully the time comes and hopefully I do get an opportunity. But I mean, until then, I, I, I feel like I still got to prove myself and and I guess I got to win a cha another championship, you know? Mm-hmm, and you won that one in, in Hermosillo. And you get a lot of love, bro. You get a lot of love and I know you being a, a, a Latino Americano um, that speaks Spanish, um, and I know um, how how was your Spanish during? What was your first couple of interviews in Spanish, and and when did you realize like, oh, I need to pick up my vocabulary? Because I know that happened to me. I was like, okay, I need to really learn some words. Well, I mean, just uh, just straight off the bat, man, just going into my first year being a professional and and them i never knew like they were looking at me like so differently at the time and they're all like man like what are you talking about like you know and i kept on repeating the same words over and over thinking i was so intellectual and so so like i knew spanish because my mom talked to me in spanish but they're just like yeah man you need to pick up that vocabulary and learn a couple new words and, and just i mean it's it's a whole it's a whole different it's a whole different language over there. Um, we feel like we speak the real Spanish over here in America, but we're nowhere near close to how they speak it. And, and I love the the, the the Spanish language now, man, because little by little you start getting adjusted to the lingo and, and how people start talking and everything. So it, it helps out living over there for half of the year, you know, when the LMVP season comes or Siva Copa comes. Yeah, for sure. And then and then you come home and everyone's like, damn, your Spanish got good. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, it is Mexicano. Yeah, 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 it is Mexicano. Ya no eres pocho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is funny, too, is it's not just the Spanish Spanish. It's basketball Spanish. You know, there's words that you're like, okay, how do I say screen? Like, uh, and then you're like, okay, pantalla, you know, and it's those those little things that you're like, okay, now I can communicate with my teammates, and it just, you know, they appreciate it more when you're, when you learn uh, the, the actual language, and they, 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 they embrace you, and I know Mexico has embraced you, and the Latino community has embraced you, and uh, just to finish up, I got a couple questions from, from, um, from Instagram, you know, I got, I got um, Lou Fragroso, um, asks uh were you surprised by tyler johnson's uh success in the nba because um, he was your teammate out at fresno and he's like one of your best friends and um you know what how, how was that jump seeing one of your boys um make that jump from from fresno to the league and he's been in the league for a little bit well uh i played with uh i had to set out my sophomore year of uh of college when I transferred to Fresno State and I got to know him a little bit and man one of the things that that guy does is he's a relentless worker and it wasn't given to him man that guy was working and I think um I, I was with him man that guy was putting in time at six in the morning before practice he was outside of practice he was out there getting his weights in and doing everything so it's a testament to him man all this hard work that he's put in and uh, when I got back to Fresno State and I got to play with him for that one year, mm -hmm. I had my best. I had I had my best collegiate career uh, season when I played with him, which I was averaging 14. I was averaging four assists and four rebounds a game, and it was all testament to to all the hard work that I put in with him, and he showed me how to work hard. 
because he was he was really going above and beyond in showing people that he that he wanted to make it. And I remember several conversations I had with him because he was a roommate. He was my road roommate, and he was a uh, he was my roommate at the apartments as well. Uh, he told me he's like, "Hey man, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it." And I vividly remember us us sitting in the couches, and it was just me and him, and him telling me, "Man, like I like he had that feeling where he had to make his dream a reality, man." And it was it, it it's so crazy seeing seeing all the hard work he put in and what what it led to and and i'm i'm, I'm very happy for him and, and all the success he's having and all the, all the success he will have yes sir yeah he's he's doing doing good he got that that second pay bump so he's doing really nice um coach mig uh rfk wants to know what was your biggest motivation to pursue basketball i know we i think of- my biggest yeah, I think my biggest motivation, I mean, had to had to be my brother. I mean, to pursue it, and and uh, I've I, I've watched my brother occasionally play and stuff, but um, he he just kind of just put the ball in my hands, and he's just like, man, I, when he'd take me to Salt Lake Park, and and I'd go watch the men's league games, or when we'd go to your Southeast League, uh, uh, your your tournaments and and the little uh, leagues that you had going on on Tuesday what was it Tuesdays and Thursdays mm-hmm. and uh, just playing man and, and just constantly seeing everybody from you know old school to Los Jardineros to you know uh, Estrellas to Cimiedo to watching a lot of battles amongst you guys and that just inspired me to go out there and just you know go out there and try my own little pizzazz and you know, you helped me a lot. Uh, uh, you helped me with a lot of my growth and letting me play when I was even young. You know, letting me play at 11, 12 years old with grown ass men. You know, yeah. even though I had to sign a, I had to sign a waiver <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but that was a, uh, I think, you know, playing with older men helped me develop to to where I am. Yeah, and I think uh, somewhere down the line, I think someone's, uh, I think the Tierra del Sol guys probably got a video of. You at 12, 13 going against Noe Alonso that was probably a, a, oh, yeah. a college junior at, at the- Grand Canyon or something. So, yeah, I mean, we we definitely put you in the fire, but we didn't put you in the fire just to be like, we we knew that's what you needed, you know? And then that's, that's kind of where, like, oh, he's the next one. He's the next one. We got to groom him, and we got to push him, and, you know, and you were ready, bro. It wasn't that we are you know, it wasn't a novelty. You, you were ready, and I, you probably dropped 20, you know, so that wasn't, it was, it, you helped us, helped us uh, during those games. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely remember those times. Um, and you, then last. You, you, had, you, you had me work in the scoreboard at a time just to help me just, you know, put a couple, couple bucks in my pocket as well, which was like, you know, I appreciate that. Even though I, I look back at it now, man, just the whole working the scoreboard and, and doing all that stuff, that was a really great time of my life, man. That was that was a really memorable time. Yeah, for sure. And it was always your brother going like, what can CJ do? What can CJ? And you guys were just like, yeah, well, you know, you guys are hungry for basketball, bro. And you guys you guys liked it. And, and you and Joey and, you know, Joey was a little younger, but... But you guys were always in the gym. You guys were always, like, trying to figure out, like, if it was a timeout, I'd be like, why ain't we start the t- It's halftime, bro. And you're over there shooting. I'm like, hey, bro, get, we got to get this game going, dog. It starts, you know. So it was always like that. But it's, it, was, it was all love, bro, all the time. And I think, um, 
you know, I, I think I, I'm, I, it makes me happy that, that I was able to just kind of be part of that, you know what I'm saying? And I think, I think a lot of people have that story and I, and, and we really appreciate it. And then just last question. Um, and these guys, I'm sure you know who they are. Electricos Oficial. Uh, they want to know, uh, they want to know how does it feel like to be showered with beer while your name is being chanted? Tell me about that, bro. Oh man, that, that was, a that, that's, that's never really happened. I mean, the whole, uh, El Cesar Guerrero chant was, I mean, still to this day, one of the, the best things I've ever heard, man. And the, the electricos, they, they were, they went above and beyond to show me so much love in Hermosillo and, uh, really just, just showering me with beer and, and just the, the chant El Cesar Guerrero, it was Man, they, they, they made the season for me and they made me, you know, like, damn, like, this is what happens when you start winning and, and, and just, it, it was just, it was just a crazy experience, man. So these, the beer these showers. just to cut in these, these electricos oficial, that's like the, the rooting section or like, that's like the, the equivalent of the black hole, um, at the Raiders game. But this is like, they're, they're, they're the fans in Hermosillo and these guys were the ones that were like pushing the squad during your championship run so I can imagine every week that that little group became a little bit more and a little bit more and it just it just infected the whole gym and I'm sure you guys had a super sick uh home court advantage anytime those those guys were out there oh yeah definitely man they they were they were a big help for us to to help us push us to towards the towards the championship because i mean hey the the two the semifinals and the finals all went to game sevens and you know we needed we needed the home crowd uh, a lot in those times uh, to really get us going that's sick and and um for anybody uh go to joe uh go to go to caesar's um instagram page and you you can see those showers and you can see those chants and you can see them singing el cesar guerrero and and i mean here at shoot the rock podcast we're singing your praises all the time i know you're like come on z get me on like you're not showing me no love bro it's it's love 100 all the time bro and and like i said it's it's um you know thank you cj um for jumping on the podcast i really appreciate it bro this is this is family, um, you know, and it's always love, bro. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you for having me on, and just know, hey, I appreciate you, everything that you that you've done for me and done in my career as well. And and uh, let's go and uh, help out the next up and coming Latino ballers to to make it above to to, to the NBA or, or any goals that they. Uh, aspire to reach man we 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 will keep um cheering for them and we'll keep looking for them and we'll we'll keep uh promoting them and, and letting them know that that we all got love for them so i appreciate that see and, and and it's all love so thank you for joining the uh you know thank you for rocking with us you're always rocking with the pets we're rocking with cj caesar guerrero aka c sepudo because he's still putting in work, bro. All love, all basketball, pura raza. Good looking out, big CJ. No doubt. Appreciate it. Seize the moment. Yes, sir. Thank you, bro. Peace. Peace. Yeah, yeah we out. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh, come from the wood. Yes. 
Yeah, we out.